Welcome back to Chasing Dramas. This is the podcast that discusses Chinese history through historical Chinese dramas. We are your hosts, Karen and Kathy. Today, in this podcast episode, we are discussing episode 37 of the story of Ming Lan or Zhu Fao, Zhu Fao, Ying Shi Lu Fei Hong Shou. This drama is set in the Northern Song Dynasty, now under the reign of Song Yingzong. This podcast is in English with proper nouns and certain Chinese phrases spoken in Mandarin Chinese. I will say that this is probably one of the funniest episodes in the entire drama, or at least I think so, because I've watched it a million times and I find it so funny. The cast of this show is simply hilarious. Today, we are also celebrating the two-year anniversary of kicking off this podcast. We are so thankful for everyone's support and honestly for listening because we had no idea where we would start or where we would go with this podcast when we first started. And to show our appreciation, we are publishing two episodes today, uh, this podcast episode and also a intro to the movie uh, episode on a Chinese film called The Palace or Gong Suo Chen Xiang. It actually also stars Zhao Liying as the antagonist and one of the, I guess, most evil characters she's ever played. Um, this film came out in 2013 and was uh, one of her earlier uh, roles, which I found very interesting. So... Definitely listen to it and uh, see what you think. Let us know what you think. The film can be viewed on Jubao TV, which is a new free Chinese streaming platform available uh, in the U.S. Um, definitely check it out. Okay, let's get back to the story of Milan. In the last episode, after embarrassing his own vile family members, our main male character, Gu Tingye, turns his sights towards marriage. Ming Lan's pending marriage to the young doctor, Huo Hongwen, though seems to be on the rocks because of a random cousin that shows up. Elsewhere, Ming Lan's older sister, Ru Lan, has a late night encounter with a mysterious man of her dreams, but is unfortunately spotted by Ming Lan. And this is where we start episode 37. For this podcast episode, we will first start with a drama episode recap and then provide additional context from the book. There's not as much historical analysis uh, to be provided in this episode, unfortunately. After being discovered by Rulan, Milan is dragged over to Rulan's uh, bedroom to chat about what happened. And it's quite cute for these sisters to be talking the way they are right now. Milan warns Rulan that Yan Wenjing could just be a gold digger since he's from a poor family. But Rulan attests to his character and gives some examples, which Milan is actually pretty surprised about too. Rulan knows that she cannot compete with her sisters, but hopes that she is good enough for Yan Wenjing. The biggest obstacle right now for Rulan isn't Yan Wenjing's poor background. It's the fact that her older sister, Mualan, didn't want him. If you recall, this is the guy that their father, Sheng Hong, wanted Mualan to marry, but she thought he was way too poor and thus took the plunge to seek out her current husband. 
Madame Wang or Wang Da Niangzi would faint at hearing her own daughter choosing someone who Mulan, of all people, shunned aside. Overall, though, it's a heartwarming scene as we see the sisters truly bond as they discuss Rulan's future. Rulan even tries to bribe Minglan's silence, which is quite adorable. Finally, we have some positive sisterly sibling interactions. Back at the He household, Grandma He, so grandmother to He Hongwen, tries to plead with Grandma Sheng and Minglan uh, about her family's delicate uh, situation on a visit with uh, Grandma Sheng and Minglan. He Hongwen's mother's health isn't very good, and the return of the Cao family has actually improved her health. So they're trying to balance out having the Cao family available and around, even though Grandma He knows that they're not great people, and the fact that they don't want He Hongwen's mother to die. The issue is, the Cao family is trying to force their daughter to intrude on Minglan's marriage. Grandma Sheng immediately shuts this down and says, I'm not making my granddaughter jump into a fire pit just because your daughter-in-law can't figure out who are the leeches in her life. Right after this, Minglan is requested by He Hongwen's mother for an audience uh, solo because she's bedridden. Grandma Sheng agrees and allows Minglan to go. Well, who do we see in He Hongwen's mother's room? None other than the cousin Cao Jinxiu and her mother. A quick reminder that uh, He Hongwen's mother and Cao Jinxiu's mother are sisters. Summoning Minglan was just another way to corner her into agreeing to have Cao Jinxiu be a concubine for He Hongwen. Let's dissect this conversation. And we'll talk about it later uh, on in the uh, podcast episode as well. But we'll just lay the groundwork here. Minglan first apologizes for her brashness the other day and says whoever He Hongwen wants to take as a concubine has nothing to do with me. He Hongwen's mother, who is bedridden, has one reaction to this. And Cao Jinxiu's mother has another reaction. He Hongwen's mother turns around stunned because her interpretation of what Minglan just said, which is the correct one, is that Minglan just turned down this marriage. Because Minglan's ultimately saying whatever He Hongwen does won't impact her because they're just two separate families. Why should she care? Cao Jinxiu's mother, though, takes this sentence in a completely opposite direction believing Minglan to have agreed to Cao Jinxiu being a concubine because she immediately haughtily says, you're right. It's all dependent on the mother of the son who decides who her son will have as a concubine, implying that Minglan will have absolutely no say in the matter anyways of, for example, Cao Jinxiu becoming a member of the He household. Ugh. She changed face in like a second. Look at her on screen. She's like, of course my daughter will be fine. Um, and of course my daughter will be the concubine. Who are you? Ming Landon asks a couple of questions, which actually humiliates the Cao family and is so satisfying to watch. Because Ming Lan doesn't yell or scream, but she's able to slap the Cao family's face. The questions she asked were important. 
She asks, if Cao Xinxiu enters the family, will she be a concubine or a family member? Because a family member is someone to be respected, whereas a concubine is just a servant that can be discarded. Cao Xinxiu's mother, of course, wants to be considered family. But as Minglan correctly points out, this will create a lot of conflict in the family. Madam Cao, are you the mother of a concubine or are you still that elder? Who do you want to be? Listening to this, Cao Xinxiu's mother, or Madam Cao, in her embarrassment, turns around and calls Minglan a little bitch to her face. Oh my gosh. Well, uh, for the Hua family, you can definitely call this marriage goodbye. Hua Hongwen uh, bursts in and stops his aunt right there. The Cao family ladies immediately change tact and start crying again. Now, Karen, where have we seen this before? Why, with Lin Xiaoyang and Mulan, of course. Milan, run as fast as you can. Which is basically what she does. She simply walks away and just stares blankly at the scene unfolding in front of her. I think at this point, she does not care anymore. Grandma Sheng and Grandma He at this point walk in to find the Cao family or the Cao family women still crying. Minglan walks over to tell her grandmother that the Cao family were telling her that they want Cao Jinxiu to become He Hongwen's concubine. And even though it has nothing to do with her, she listened a bit. Grandma Sheng then says, My, you really don't see yourself as an outsider. What would others think if they heard? With these two phrases, everyone in the room understands the Sheng family's meaning. This marriage is toast. Why? Because both Minglan and Grandma Sheng keep reiterating that they are two separate families. There's nothing between them. Grandma He catches on the fastest and says, You're right. Minglan is like a younger sister to He Hongwen. There is no problem to have her listen. Cao Jinxiu's mother continues to behave rudely and is shut down by Grandma Sheng. You go, Grandma. The Sheng women take their leave. He Hongwen is left very disappointed. When he turns to look at his cousin, she just starts sniffling again. Mm. We've, seen the, we've seen this tactic way too many times already. Later on, He Hongwen finds his grandmother for clarification. He's already decided that he won't take his cousin in as a concubine. Unfortunately, it is too late. His own grandmother sees that. It was their fault for letting He Hongwen's mother indulge her sister, and now this marriage is thrown out the window. Poor He Hongwen. He really does want to marry Minglan. It wasn't as though he did anything, but the presence of the Cao family was enough for the Sheng family to, to decline this marriage. He vows to make changes to their family dynamics. It's not for his marriage, but for the fact that the Cao family could potentially destroy the Hu family. On the way back home, Minglan has a heart-to-heart -heart with her grandmother. Minglan says a line that I believe everyone should listen to. She says, Just because Cao Xinxiu is more pitiful, do I have to yield? What world is this? Is it whoever is more pitiful than they get to get more out of life? How's that fair at all? 
Minglan, even in her position as a shunyi, knows not to yield in the stalemate because she will be the one suffering in the end. What's the point? There's other people to marry, and she must look forward. Well, with this marriage basically nixed, we must turn towards Rulan's marriage. She's freaking out about her mother reviewing eligible bachelors for her. We hear of this aunt Kong or Kong Yinyang who seems to enjoy meddling in affairs. Kong Yinyang is Madame Wang's older sister. Keep this name in mind. We'll see much more of her in the future. During a conversation between Rulan and Minglan, Rulan gives all of us her philosophy towards marriage. She believes it is not always better to marry up. She gives the examples of her two older sisters. Her oldest sister, Kualan, who is born of the same father and mother, has a very good or a loving husband, but has an evil mother-in-law. Mualan has other concubines to deal with. Both of them married up in life, but it's not blissful at all. Everyone will suffer in a marriage, so are wealth and riches really worth it? Honestly, for her, Rulan, that's not a bad way to look at it. Why? Because it's not stated in this episode, but if she marries Wen Yanjing, her family's background, so the Sheng family's background, will actually give her a lot more autonomy than if she married into nobility. Think about what Hualan and Mualan experience now that they're married to, I think, counts, right? Or sons of counts. There's not a whole lot they can rely upon from their mother's side of the family. This conversation gives Minglan a lot to think about. What she learned from Rulan is that no marriage is perfect, so why care too much? The thing is that I want to say, Rulan actually loves Wen Yanjing, and he loves her. Well, I think he likes her. They have a relationship foundation, which will help them go far in actually enjoying the marriage. Whereas Minglan does not love He Hongwen. Soon after, though, He Hongwen visits Grandma Sheng to provide the latest update to his family drama. He looks pretty different from the last time we saw him, like 10 minutes ago, as he has a bruise on his face. Uh, what happened there? He says that after Grandma Sheng and Minglan left, he went to the Cao family to tell them that he will not marry his cousin and that his own mother agreed to have Cao Jinxiu be an adopted daughter. He and Cao Jinxiu will be just as brother and sister from now on, which is a commendable solution to raise Cao Jinxiu's status. Unfortunately, the Cao family elders decided to beat He Hongwen for this, which I totally don't understand, but that wasn't even it. Cao Jinxiu, upon hearing the news that he won't be able to marry or that she won't be able to marry He Hongwen, tries to commit suicide. And that is really quite serious. Fortunately, they saved her and Cao Jinxiu revealed the truth. When she was a concubine in exile, the madam of the household made her drink red saffron soup, which is a cliche that causes women to be infertile. As a woman during this time period, she has lost the two main things that are of value. One, her looks, because she has a tattoo on her face, meaning that she's marked for life. And two, she cannot birth children, which means she has no value as a woman. During the Song Dynasty yeah. and in this period, please don't take this 
out of context. For Cao Jianqiao, she is no threat to anyone and really has no other option. This news is a bombshell for Grandma Sheng, and she quickly informs uh, Ming Lan. Grandma Sheng is somewhat wavering as this means Cao Jinxiao will never be a threat to Ming Lan's status as a wife. To her surprise, though, Ming Lan says it's all right. Even if we didn't know this about Cao Jinxiao, I was going to accept the terms of marriage. Mm, what? Milan explains her thinking through it all. She realizes that not everything that is good means it's better. I think she was somewhat influenced by her sister, Rulan. In this instance, if Milan and He Hongwen truly cared for each other, and this type of third party was forced into their relationship, they would have been crying rivers of tears. But did they? No. Both Minglan and He Hongwen are actually rather accepting of what happened, which speaks to their rather um, like cordial affection towards each other. They don't love each other. Yeah, the word I would use is more like shallow affection. They yeah, they, they like enjoy each other's company. But and that's, that's it. Yeah. In Minglan's eyes, this is not necessarily a bad thing. Instead, for her, she thinks that this will mean their marriage will be respectful. Isn't that all she will need for her remaining years? And that's what she thinks. Like, I'm not asking for love right now. Well, I mean, I was praising Milan earlier. So I, along with Grandma Shung, are kind of sad to hear Milan's explanation because it means she pretty much has a dead heart. She's not out there seeking love, but she's more resigned to living her life as society expects it. She would speak this way because she knows that she cannot hope for better as a shunyu. She once did with Qi Hong, and nothing came of it. She's not like her sisters with natural ability to marry better or the inclination to scheme for better. Though, her monologue on how to live happily ever after for the rest of her life is an important one for women in particular. She says, I'm going to save up money to have financial independence but then live life to the fullest without focusing solely on a man. Okay, that's that's good. That's positive. Good, good. I, we are definitely going to make a list of the great relationship advice <laughs> spoken throughout this show. Yeah, because it's amazing. And that's where we kind of leave off Ming Lan's, uh, I guess, trials for, for her marriage with He Hongwen. Elsewhere... Hu Tingye and his good friend Zhao Ceying, the son of the new emperor, return home after being victorious in battle. What do they talk about? It's gotta be marriage. It's a bit of a mess when it comes to royal marriages, and uh, there's a lot kind of uh, hidden messages, or the conversation that happens here is rather deep. But we will discuss this at length in future episodes because I. That's one of the things, and again, we've talked about not having labels to individuals, but here the, the dialogue in this movie or in this drama is really good for having just one or two lines that influence future plot points uh, or future episodes, but they don't fully explain it. And in this case, they talk about various marriages um, of other notable royal family members. But what is most important for this conversation is that after speaking to Zhao Ceying, Gu Tingye is like, I need to get married as quickly as possible. And so 
after returning to the capital, Gu Tingye immediately goes to propose marriage. And this is where I could not stop laughing for the rest of this episode. So,、uh, if I'm chuckling, please do bear with me. Gu Tingye shows up at the Sheng family with a ton of presents.、And、the first person that he goes to, I guess, manipulate into accepting him as a future brother-in-law is Sheng Changbai. His good friend Sheng Changbai, who is、uh, Minglan's second、uh, oldest brother. Is utterly shocked at the list or the amount of presents that are in his family in his household. He's like, "What's going on? Wait a minute! You want to marry one of my sisters, don't you?" I love this scene because it's so、uh, kind of shows Sheng Changbai's character too. Because he's walking around with a brush in hand, like, "What is happening?" <laughs> Gu Tingye then goes on this whole monologue as to how that. Now he's wealthy and has favor. Everyone wants their daughters to marry him, but he can't trust anyone like this. It was only the Sheng family who never changed their position and treated him as a friend for all these years. Even after becoming a favored general, the Sheng family was still respectful and didn't ask for favors. Sheng Changbai's reaction is hilarious. He's like, he's like, kind of like blushing and walking, you know, looking down. He's like. This doesn't sound like my family. I'm just blushing hearing you say this. <laughs> Please watch this full scene because who knew that、uh, Gu Tingye was such a flatterer? What Gu Tingye says that is important, though, he's like, I didn't say all of this for you. I said all of this for your father to hear. And then Sheng Changbai asks the million dollar question: Which one of my sisters caught your eye? Gu Tingye responds, "Why, of course, the pretty one and the one with good character." Hmm, who is that? And so, imagine the surprise later that evening. Sheng Changbai is having tea with his parents. Informs his parents that it is Ru Lan that Gu Tingye wants to marry. My、uh, surprise. And reaction was basically the same as Sheng Changbai's parents' reaction. <laughs> It's hilarious. They both spat out their tea, and Madame Wang even falls over. Please watch this scene. It's so funny. I don't even know how she falls over. She falls over like backwards in her chair, and like kind of like falls out of the chair. And I'm like, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Madame Wang cannot believe her ears. She repeats. Gu Tingye wants to marry Rulan. Sheng Changbai responds,、uh, "Of course." Gu Tingye told me personally that he's seen her a couple of times at the polo matches. She seems gracious, highly cultured, and has a demure demeanor. Sheng Hong, the master of the household, the father to these children, stunned, responds with,、uh, "Are you sure you're not talking about Minglan?" <laughs> But Madame Wang is like, no, of course. Why can't he be talking about Rulan? Yeah,、uh, Madame Wang says Rulan hasn't made any mistakes in public, which is true. Sheng Hong and Wang Da Niangzi immediately interrogate their son on Gu Tingye's character. To which Sheng Changbai tries to paint his friend in a good light, and he does a pretty good job. Sheng Changbai basically restates Gu Tingye's earlier talking points. And successfully flatters both of his parents. 
Madame Wong is all about it. Sheng Changbai, though, warns that in the end, Ru Lan needs to agree. Wang Danyangzi responds, um, how dare she not? This is an excellent match. Who does she want to marry? The Jade Emperor? <laughs> I love Madame Wong's comparisons. And the Jade Emperor is like the heavenly emperor, father. heavenly father of Chinese culture and, and mythology. So her, her comparisons are, are kind of out there, but you get the point. Sheng Changbai, though, isn't convinced that it'll be easy. Sure enough, Rulan adamantly refuses to marry. Again, it's a funny scene which is capped with uh, Rulan saying that if my brother thinks that Gu Tingye is such an upstanding guy, why doesn't he go marry Gu Tingye? <laughs> uh, and that's actually a really good question. They have such a great relationship, Gu Tingye and Sheng Changbai. It's a pity that they never got together, you know? The episode ends with Minglan going over to Rulan's room to try to comfort her. Here again, we see the difference in character between Rulan and the now married Mualan. Even though Rulan loves Wen Yanjing and wants to marry him, she point blank says that she will not elope with him. As a daughter of the Sheng family, she cannot bring shame to her family. Compare Rulan's decision with that of her sister Mualan. Mualan did not give a second thought to bring shame to her family. She was like, well, why not? My family should work for me, not the other way around. Again, in this episode, Rulan very much surprised me with her devotion to her family and her outlook of life. She is normally thought of as someone who's not super intelligent, but she actually sees more clearly than a lot of other people. And interestingly, Minglan tries to state all of Gu Tingyi's good qualities for Rulan to hear. Throughout all of this, even though Minglan and Gu Tingyi have quarreled, Minglan still holds a very high opinion of Gu Tingyi. Rulan responds, why don't you marry him then? Minglan doesn't miss a beat and smiles, but he doesn't want me. Oh, how little do you know, Minglan? In the next two episodes, which I'm so excited to talk about, uh, Minglan starts to see the web that Gu Tingye has, has spun, spun for, for her. And it's very impressive. Gu Tingye really pulls out all the stops in order to make sure that uh, he gets the wife that he wants. actually isn't too much to discuss with regards to history today, so let's discuss the scene with the Cao family. I'm going to combine this section with the book analysis because the book flushes out the scene a bit more. In the drama, Minglan poses a few questions to Cao Jinxiu's mother. She asks if Cao Jinxiu is taken in as a concubine to the He family, will you be the mother to a concubine or still an elderly relative? I discussed this earlier before, but um, I want to reiterate here. Paul Xiu's mother responds, of course, I'm still an elder. Minglan then responds, why, if that's the case, 
then the relations need to be clearly stated. The birth mother of a concubine is a servant and can be thrown out by the wife of the family. If there's children, what will be the status of the children? Will they be shu chu or will they be di chu? To this, Cao Jingxiu's mother becomes enraged and calls Minglan a bitch to her face, which is very rude. I mean, in English and in Chinese, and even now. This is because Minglan is basically telling Cao Jingxiu's mother that as soon as her daughter becomes a concubine, she should stop dreaming of getting any benefit from the Hua family. In the book, Minglan asks two more questions. Here's the first question. She says, a concubine is basically a servant. Will Cao Jinxiu as a concubine be a servant that can be ordered about by the madam of the household? Or is she still the highly delicate cousin? Cao Jinxiu's mother angrily responds, with my sister and nephew here, I don't believe anyone will treat my daughter poorly. To this, Milan asks the next question. You're right, but a concubine is still a concubine and cannot rise above the madam of the household. Whatever Hu Hongwen decides, there can't be an auntie who can dictate his comings and goings about how he treats his concubines. Would whomever Hu Hongwen marries have a hard time in this family? The purpose in the book for these additional questions, or this whole scene, was to make it clear to He Hongwen's mother, the bedridden mother, that having Cao Jinxiu, or her niece, enter into the He household would be terrible for everyone involved. Unfortunately, we don't see much of her reaction in the show. We see a little bit of it. Um, it's depicted a little bit in the book, actually. Beyond this scene, I will remind our listeners that being a concubine in ancient China or imperial China was still essentially a servant role. The concubine could not usurp the position of the madam of the family, especially if the husband or the master of the family wanted to uh, still walk around in society. For example, let's take a look at Sheng Hong. No matter how much he doted on Lin Xiaoyang, she could never actually go out to society by herself. The Tao family here is despicable in this way because the family blatantly wants to enter into the household as a concubine and then steal power and money away from the future madam of the household or even the Hua family. The Tao family sees no issue in lashing onto the Hua family. They believe their relations, I deserve this. If you have relations like these, please run or cut them off. They are a definition of leeches. Lastly, when Grandma Sheng enters into the room where Cao Jinxiu, her mother, He Hongwen's mother, and Minglan are, Cao Jinxiu's mother still acts rudely towards the Sheng family ladies. Grandma Sheng immediately shuts her down by saying, I've heard that even pardoned exiled officials and their families must return to their home province. Secretly returning to the capital is another criminal offense. Did the emperor amend the law or give special permission to the Cao family to not only come back to the capital, but also get supported by relatives? The Cao family kind of like shut up immediately right there. 
Because what does this mean? And why does Grandma Sheng say this? Number one, at this point, she is pissed at the Cao family for putting her and Minglan in an awkward situation, basically destroying this marriage. And two, this is a very cleverly veiled threat towards the Cao family. Grandma Sheng here is making it clear that the Sheng family will not marry the He family. If the Cao family spreads rumors out in society saying, hey, it's really because the Sheng family uh, did not want a concubine or anything, the Sheng family has a way to deal with the Cao family, namely making it public that the Cao family is in the capital. As Grandma Sheng said earlier, this is an, uh, a criminal offense, and if the authorities found out, the harsher sentence could be torture. In the drama, I feel like when Grandma Sheng says these phrases, the threat, I don't know, is not as obvious. In the book, though, the author states it more clearly, and the Cao family also immediately understands this threat, and they, to their credit, don't say anything about this marriage in the future. And I'm just continuously awed at Grandma Sheng's intellect. She knows exactly what to say at the right moment. All right, and that is it for today's podcast episode discussing episode 37 of The Story of Minglan. I'm very excited to see what happens in the next couple of episodes. Gu Tingye wants to marry Rulan publicly, but Rulan, of course, does not want to accept. So what is going to happen? Stay tuned for next week's episode. Thank you all so much for listening. As always, if you have any comments or questions, please reach out to us. Uh, today's music is a combination of both uh, the title piece of the show um, called Jufo, Jufo, and I learned a new piece called Lan, which is actually the drama title or intro music. I found finally sheet music and really wanted to play it. So uh, here we are. Hope you enjoy it. Thank you all so much for listening and we will catch you in the next episode.